Well, good morning, everyone. How are you doing this morning? Yes, 50% of you are doing at least well. How about the other 50%? How are you doing this morning? Yeah, there you go. Hey, I love Sundays, and I think it's the best day and the best time of the year is right now what we're experiencing. Before we jump in to part two of Surviving Christmas, real quick, you probably have sat and squished and done everything else to this card right here. It says Christmas at Radiant Life. This is your invite card to reach out to one person that is in your life. One person. So this, this is our Christmas um, service at Radiant Life. It's in two weeks. And we have four different services. They're all identical, but just different times. And it's all that candlelight and stuff. So on the back, when you invite someone, you can let them know. 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and 7 o'clock. So this is your invite card. And what I love to say is that um, if each of us would reach one person, there's got to be one person in your life that doesn't know Jesus that you could just say, hey, I just want to invite you to church. I'll save you a seat or I'll, I'll even meet you somewhere and come here. But there's got to be one person in your life somewhere that would love to come in two weeks. Whether you're a morning person, if, even if you're not a morning person, listen, you can skip the 9 and 11 and come to the 5 and 7, all right? And it's going to be fun. We got a big surprise for you guys. And that's just, I'm excited about this. Here's a reason, another reason why I'm excited about invite cards, because some of you in this room today are here and got saved and baptized because someone in this room also handed you one of these at some point in your life. So I love these. So uh, we have a saying, each one reach one. So repeat after me, each one reach one. Now turn to your neighbor and say, you better invite someone. All right, here you go. You need another one. There you are. Invite someone. There you go. Thank you. You better invite someone. Got it? All right, good. Hey, Let's jump in uh, to week two. It's kind of the theme verse for this week. Last week we talked about letting things go and how possession shouldn't have us, that um, God should have our heart. And sometimes that's hard, right? We go after the world things, we go after things in life, and things kind of grab us. But this week, um, Surviving Christmas, we're going to talk about this. And here's the main verse found in Hebrews. Hebrews, we actually, a little quick story about the book of Hebrews. We, have, we don't really know who wrote this letter that's found in your New Testament. It was actually the last book to be what we considered in the canon of scripture, that's God breathed God's word. And we're, they were, they, it was the last one because they, they couldn't really determine who the author was. And so we're not unsure of the authorship of this book, but uh, we believe it's God's word and everything. So that was just some fun little note here. But here's what it says. Make every effort to live in, what's this one word? Peace, Peace with everyone. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Obviously, the author has no idea who I live with, or has no idea who I work with, or has no idea who I sit next to in class. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root, hmm, no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile Many. I am absolutely convinced that the enemy of our soul absolutely wants to put a seed of offense in your heart so you would allow a bitter root to grow. Especially we enter this season, right, where we, we deal with relationships. They're everywhere. We may have people coming over to our house for Christmas. We may have that staff Christmas party or our friends are coming over, whatever it is. We deal with people and especially just seems heightened in the Christmas season. 
But for many of us, we get offended by the smallest of things with people. Here's a small thing you may get offended by. This right here. The three bubbles from hell. You text someone and you know, I'm waiting for their response. And you know, they're reading your text because you see the three bubbles. And then, nothing. No. You. I needed an answer. I knew you saw it. Why not? And maybe a little seed of offense begins to creep in their heart. Man. Or maybe perhaps for some of us, we're going to have friends come over. You're going to have like a Christmas party with your friends or whatever. And you have that one friend that just never brings anything. Yeah, you laugh because you know exactly who that is, don't you? I know who that is right now. They just never bring anything. And you're like, seriously, why? I keep inviting them because I'm trying to like them. They are my friend, but they don't bring anything. Or maybe perhaps this Christmas, you're going to be around the Christmas table with your family. Right? And you always have that one family member that definitely brings in another extra bag and it's full of empty Tupperware because they're expecting leftovers, right? <laughs> Those are mine. Or perhaps, let's put it a little more to the heart. Perhaps some of you have to deal with cousin and brother and Uncle Eddie. <laughs> you all have one. And if you're sitting back going, I don't have one, it might be you. Okay, we all have it. There it is, what we deal with people this Christmas season. How do we just survive like the crazies this Christmas season that are in your life? I wanna remind you this verse, see to it. In other words, if you follow Jesus this morning, this is one of your goals that the author of Hebrews is telling. See to it that in your life, no one falls short of the grace of God, those that are in your sphere of influence and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And here's what I know. I know for some of us in a room filled this size, we bring in hurt and pain from people. We've got bad experiences. We have people who, who left us. People who we still, you're like, okay, Ryan, this morning, I gotta admit, I may have a bitter root. But here's what puts us all on the level, on the same page this morning. You can't control what people do, but you can control how you respond. You can. And I know, I think this Christmas season, you're going to give God, you're going to have God-given opportunities, whether it's at your staff Christmas party or at your own home or wherever you're going to go this Christmas in two and a half weeks, that you're going to have an opportunity, if you follow Jesus, to be Jesus to them. And what I'm worried about this morning is that maybe for some of us, we have that bitter root and that offense has just grown deep and we don't know what to do with it. And you're maybe here this morning sitting there going, oh man, I know, in like 14 days or whatever it is, 15, 16, 17, 18 days till Christmas, I got to see with them. I know. But so this morning we're going to work on that. How do we survive people? How do we do it? I'm going to give you two things that bitterness does and then two things of how do we combat bitterness in our life. So if you're a note taker, here are two quick things of what bitterness does in our life. If you have a lot of bitterness to be in your heart, bitterness has a dangerous what, friends? Root. Where do roots grow? Underground. And you can't see it grow. Bitterness 
is a hard sin and a hard thing to deal with because you never see it grow. You can look in the mirror and not realize, wow, those roots are deep. Remember, here's what the writer of Hebrews says. See to it that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. It's going to cause trouble in your life. It will dig. It starts small like a seed of offense that that one person did to you. And all of a sudden, if you continue to water that thing, it's going to grow its ugly roots deep into your heart. And you won't see it until it's too late. Bitterness has a dangerous root. Here's the second thing. Bitterness produces a poisonous fruit. All of a sudden, anger's coming. All of a sudden, you're sitting here going, oh no, in two and a half weeks, I do have to see that person that I can't stand that offended me. Uh-oh. Now what? So as it grows its ugly roots in deep into your heart, all of a sudden, when it gets deep enough, you're going to start to see fruit that you don't like. And if you follow Jesus this morning, you're supposed to be marked by the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are supposed to be evident in our lives. But the problem with bitterness is that's what the enemy is going to use. So you can produce fruit, but it's not the good fruit. It's, you're producing fruit of anger. Because I can't stand the person. Ryan, you have no idea what they did to me. And I I may not know every detail, but I know this, I've been hurt too. And this is so important that the author, just don't let it grab a hold of your heart. It's going to be ugly. I recently had someone say something and I took offense to it. I did. I was just, I did. And I had to confess it because I knew in my heart this was growing. I didn't like it. So I had a conversation with someone. I said, can you be in prayer? Because I need to, I even used the word, I know I'm having a bitter root grow. So I need to get it off. So I had someone pray for me and then had the conversation with that individual who offended me. Literally saying, I'm growing bitter and I don't want it. So let's, and guess what? That relationship was mended and it's awesome. But it took a while for me to actually step out and realize, wow. I let that small offense grow deep. And I didn't like the poisonous fruit that every time I looked at that individual, I was, I was bearing. Again, the Hebrew writer says, see to it that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See, it won't just defile you. It won't just defile you and the person that offended you. It will defile because what I realized in my own life, when I allow a bitter root to grow on, guess how I treat my own wife now? Yeah. Guess how I'm a little meaner parent? Because I, I know I allowed that root to get its dangerous roots in my heart. I know I had some poisonous fruit. And I am causing trouble and defile many. And it's not fair to the innocent people in my life. And maybe for some of us this morning, that's where we are. Then we realize, wow, bitterness does produce a poisonous fruit. And it's got that ripple effect. And I know some of you may be here this morning sitting there going, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this message, right? I mean, I'm, I'm jotting notes, but really for that person over there, right? It's hard to see it growing. If you sat and looked yourself long enough in the mirror, 
could you see bitterness growing? So I'm going to take a moment and just give you 30 seconds and just ask the Holy Spirit, where have I allowed bitterness to grow? Who do I have an offense against that I got to let go? Because I think at times we just rush by. Just think about that. Because friends, if you aren't careful, you'll celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, your Savior, with hate in your heart. And that's scary. And friends, I want to understand this. We cannot enjoy the grace of God without extending the grace of, to those who hurt us. Isn't it so true? We love the grace of God. Man, God, God's there to sit there and pick you back up every time you failed, to love on you no matter what you've done this morning. He's there, and we love being showered with grace, but when someone offends us, ah, I gotta offer that same grace? I don't know about that. They hurt me. And I know God's sitting there going, I know, but please act like my son Jesus right now. Act like him. I love the church in, in Ephesians. We get this letter, Ephesians, and in it, um, the guy by the name of Paul, he hated Jesus and had an experience with Jesus, fell in love with him, radically changed his life, and he became the best missionary in the ancient world. And he always wanted to go to this city called Ephesus. And Ephesus was a major port city, the fourth largest city in the ancient world. It was in present-day uh, Turkey. And you can go there and visit. And he wanted to go there, and for whatever reason, God kind of always rerouted his missionary journeys as he's going going around the ancient world, planting churches everywhere. And finally, Paul gets there, and he starts a church in Ephesus. He leaves it in good hands, and then years later, he's going to write a letter back to this church to say, hey, I want to remind you Christians of something. You first-time followers of Jesus, I need to remind you of some people interaction. And he says this, what are these first two words? Let's read it together. Get rid. Stop there. What am I supposed to do with bitterness? Get rid. Some of you this morning, you got to put some roundup on that root. Get rid of not just some, not just the ones that I kind of like these people, even though they offended me. I'll, I'll let them off the hook, but not the, this person. Get rid of all bitterness. Rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Ha! Nah. They hurt me. Be kind and compassionate. Forgiving one another, just as Christ Jesus forgave you. Conversation number two, if you've got the bitterness and it's growing its dangerous root, it's producing poisonous fruit, Ryan, help me then. Give me the formula. How do I kill the root of bitterness? Here's number one. Kill it with compassion. Now, I'll confess to you, my wife is way better at this than I am, right? She's so nice to people. Like, I, I, I'm that guy that's over here and like, well, they hurt me. I don't want to be nice to them. Right? And you know what we try to do? I try to justify my anger. This is righteous anger. 
They sinned. It's wrong. I'm mad. Don't want anything to do with them. I says, just be kind. So you know what I do? I'm like, you be kind to them on my behalf. <laughs> Doesn't that work that way? I can still be angry, but as long as you kill them with kindness, I don't have to. No, you got to kill it with compassion. The formula, Paul gives the church in Ephesus the formula. You're going to get rid of all bitterness? How? Be kind and compassionate to one another. Okay. I guess I'll say hi to him. I guess I'll go out of my way now and just hold the door or do something. And I love, I love the church in Rome. The church in Rome was messed up. Like, highly messed up. And, and Paul needed to write to the church of Rome. And can I take a time out and say the church is a place for messy people to come, come and experience Jesus? The church is not full of perfect saints. Come on. Everyone who's messy is welcomed. Because that's who I saw Jesus go after is the messy, the prostitute by the well. Jesus says, yep, yeah, I'm going to be here. All the religious people, what are you doing with sinners? Why are you hanging out with tax collectors? Because it's not the righteous that need me. It's the sinners, those who are sick that need me. This place ought to be full of sinners, myself included. I'm a sinner needing grace from Jesus Christ. I mess up. And, and Paul writes to the church, hey, hey, followers of Jesus, I want to remind you too of something. Don't overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. But I don't want to. I want to pay back. I know. But you can't control what people do, but you can control how you respond. And then Jesus comes on the scene 2,000 years ago and elevates it. And Jesus comes in, and this is what Jesus, Jesus' own words in Luke. This is what Jesus says. Bless those who curse you. <laughs> Pray for those who mistreat you. You know, oftentimes what I tell when, I'm in when I do marriage counseling, a lot of times I tell the husband and wife, you know what you ought to do? Pray for each other. What? Yeah. You have a fight in the morning. I dare you to go, and when you leave and go to work, begin to pray for him. Pray for him or her. Because Pastor Craig Rochelle nailed it on the head at life.church. Life he says this, your prayer for others may or may not change them, but it will always change So what do you do? Bitterness is growing. You kill it with compassion. And here's the second way. Kill it with forgiveness. Oh, Ryan. I didn't really want to hear this. Because it hits home. Can I take a time out and say forgiveness does not equal trusting? Forgiveness and trust are two separate things. Forgiveness is a decision that right now I am choosing to release this thing. Trust will take time to get back. Forgiveness says I release, it's gone now. Forgiveness, and forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness is healing. Trust will eventually be reconciliation. But that may take years and forever. Two separate issues. Because you forgive does not mean I trust this person again. Nope. And forgiveness sometimes, I can choose in this moment to forgive, but a month later when I see that person and all those emotions come crashing back at me, I may need to choose to forgive again. 
God, here it is again. Those emotions, that rage, that anger, I give it back to you. It's yours, and I forgive them. Formula again. Get rid of all bitterness. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ Jesus forgave you. How How do I forgive just as Jesus forgives you right now in this moment? How does Jesus forgive freely, generously, all the time, completely? Showering all the time on you. And that's what we're called to do. A couple months ago, there was a high-profile court case with a, with a, a cop and um, a family. And this is a picture of a guy by the name of Bothin. Bothin was shot and killed in his apartment by, a, by a, a female officer that had a long shift, and she came off, she's off duty, and she came and she thought she was at her apartment, and he was there and shot him in the back. He dies. And I'm not, there's a lot of controversy in this whole case or whatever. And she thought she was just at her right apartment and his apartment was either above or below. She was on the wrong floor. But shot and killed him because she thought he was an intruder. So it goes to court. And her name's Amber and Amber's on trial now for what she did. And Botham's family is there now testifying. In fact, Botham's moms looked at Amber, the cop, and said, I can't eat or sleep because of what you've done, knowing my son's gone. Botham's brother, Brant, gets on the stage, or gets up on the the seat to testify. And he gets to address the person that shot his brother dead. And this is what the brother had to say to her. If you truly are sorry, I know I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I, see, I, I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone but I don't even want you to go to jail I want the best for you because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do and the best would be give your life to Christ again I love you as a person And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes.
all been offended. It's time that we kill the bitter root with forgiveness. And again, I don't, I don't know the messiness of all the relationships that we're all in. See, we can choose to relive it and rehearse it over and over and over again and let the bitterness deepen its roots in our heart and continue to, continue to poison or continue to produce that poisonous fruit. Or we can release it. To sit there And look your brother's killer in the face. And say, I forgive you. And I want the best for you. I think there are people in this room that you're carrying this back. Deep wounds. Deep hurts. Messy relationships. I know you're tired. I'm tired of just dragging this everywhere. Can I encourage you this morning? Say, God is yours. And I'm done with it. I'm done. Hey, friends in Rome. It's possible as far as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone. Because you can't control what people do, but you can control how you respond. Let's just close our eyes and bow our heads this morning, if you will. I just I want to pray for you. I think it's time to get free. And that person that's on your heart right now, that's that person that you need to just let him go to Jesus. Start forgiving. Even if you can't and you're holding on deeply, ask through God's power. God can help you forgive. Just take a moment. some of you this morning that you've known you have absolutely messed up. And maybe you're here this morning sitting there going, Ryan, I'm the one that needs forgiveness. Can I tell you right now, God's looking down on you, showering his forgiveness and grace and love over you right now. You just got to receive it this morning. 
So with all eyes still closed, I just want to say a prayer. If that's you, if you just need to receive the forgiveness of God, it's free, it's available. Your Heavenly Father loves you so much. Just repeat these words quietly in your heart. Just say, Heavenly Father, I confess to you, I've done my own thing. And I keep falling down over and over. I'm tired. This morning I surrender to you. I surrender my heart. I surrender my will. I surrender my life to you. And I put my faith and trust into you this morning. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me when I feel unlovable. Thank you for making me brand new right now. With all eyes still closed here at Radiant Life, we like to do a little thing that uh, it's not to put you on the spot. It's not to embarrass you. It's not to do anything like that. We just ask that and truly believe that an inward decision that you just made with an outward expression, it does something good to your soul. It just feels good. So on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you, if that was you this morning, to shoot your hand up in the air and you can drop it right back down. You don't have to do anything but that on the count of three this morning. Because we're told in Scripture that when you surrender your heart to God, that there's a party in heaven and we want to celebrate it with you. So on the count of three, would you just shoot your hand up in the air and right back down? Number one, God loves you so much. No matter what you've done, God loves you. Two, you are a son and daughter of the Most High King who forgives you of everything. Three, if that's you this morning, just shoot it up and down. Amen. Yes, Father, anyone else this morning? Bless God. Anyone else? Anyone else? God, you are good. We thank you for new life. We thank you for your forgiveness. When we've fallen, you're a God of second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth chances. You're a God that says you will never leave us nor forsake us. You will always be there guiding us through this life. Even though we turn our back on you, you will never turn your back on us, Father. So we want to bless you, we want to celebrate you, and we praise you and thank you for washing us clean when we're a mess. And we praise you in Jesus Christ's name. And everyone said, come on church, let's celebrate this morning for those of you. Hey, sign up to this past Wednesday. We had two kids also, and our kids, our radiant kids back in the back, give their lives to Jesus as well, which is awesome. I know uh, Amy, our kids director, got out. She was so excited after we had our first Wednesday. She came and told me, she's like, two kids, two kids, give their life to Jesus. And it was like, yes, that's awesome. So we celebrate that as well. Right now in our service, we're going to celebrate what we do every couple months. And it's a thing here called communion. And what communion is, is just remembering the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross. And we do this every, every few months. We will always, for those of you that may miss it when we do communion, we always have communion on our first Wednesday. So if, you, if you're constantly like, I feel like I'm never taking communion, we always have it once a month that first Wednesday. We want to take a moment just this Christmas season to say, God, thanks. And so what there is, is there's six tables. There's one right here, two on those sides, and then there's one in the middle, two in the back. And uh, we're gonna celebrate and take communion together. And what it means is this is a representation of Jesus. When Jesus was in the upper room, it's what we know as the Last Supper, and he's hanging out with the 12 disciples, his 12 guys that he did life with. And 
He's telling them that he's going to die the next day. The most horrific death in the ancient Roman world was the cross. And he's telling his disciples, I got to go do that. And it said he took the bread and broke it and gave thanks. And told his disciples that this is my body that's going to be broken for you. And then he took the wine and said he gave thanks and reminded the disciples in that upper room that this is, this is my body, the body of the new covenant that will be shed for you. And that's what we want to do right now is we want to come and take of the juice and the bread as a thankful heart reminding ourselves, God, you're good. Thank you for forgiving. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross for me. Here at Radiant Life, you never have to be a member. We just ask one simple thing, that you follow Jesus Christ as you come and partake. So I'm going to say a blessing for us, and uh, the team's going to lead us into a song also called Oh Holy Night, my absolute favorite Christmas carol. I love the one line, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. I pray that that is on your heart as you come to the table, that if you don't have hope, that you find hope, and that the weariness inside of you begins to rejoice. So when you're ready, after I say this prayer, when you're ready, you come to the six tables and just get it and take it as you will. So let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your sacrifice. Will you bless both the bread and the juice as we partake of communion together? And we thank you that we walk around in freedom. And we just want to take a moment and remember that morning or that day when you were born, when hope entered the world. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name.